Welcome to the Beautiful Souls Podcast with your host, myself, Danielle Cadwell. I'm an Olympian author, speaker, and coach, and I'm here to dive deeper into all things mindset, manifestation, mission, and yes, some meditation. In 2013, I was an unfit, concussed, and massively self-conscious synchronized swimmer when an opportunity arrived that was well beyond my wildest dreams to begin training for the next Olympic Games. I was terrified. However, I decided to take the biggest leap of my life. I went all in, moving from Canada to Australia and dedicating my life to my sport. On this journey, I made a vow to myself. If I could do it, if I could really make my wildest dreams come true, I would spend the rest of my life sharing what I had learned to help others do the same. So beautiful souls, this podcast is where I fulfill my promise. We'll talk about everything from the energetics of manifestation and the power of self-worth to mindset cultivation and how to step up and into your soul mission. You can think of this time together as kind of like a soul spa, where together we will wash away your fears, massage you with some truth and some love, and spruce you up on the insides with some spirituality. So, are you ready to be rejuvenated from the inside out? Let's dive in. My beautiful souls, if any of you have struggled with perfectionism, if any of you have struggled with imposter syndrome, if any of you have ever felt like you've gotten distracted before, hands up. Hand, my hand is up right now. It's up high. Um, then this podcast is 100% for you. I am speaking to Ryan Lassen, who is a the Master Your Mindset coach. Since 2012, Ryan has coached nearly 1,000, 1,000 high-achieving women specializing in the unique needs of high-achieving black women to advance their professional dreams by overcoming and healing from their self-limiting mindsets of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and a term that she coined, which I love, which we dive into today, to today, which is called distractionism. We have some really juicy conversations about all of those topics as well as procrastination, as well as raising small humans, because she is a mother, um, as people that know how to do this work, um, as well as, you know, what it means to just go on our soul journey of this life. You guys are going to love this. We were vibing on so many levels, me and Ryan, probably soul sisters. (laughs) And I know that you will love this. Tag us on Instagram if you enjoy it. And if you need any more links, check them out below. Enjoy my loves. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beautiful Souls podcast. I am so incredibly excited because we have an amazing guest here today, Ryan Lassin, who is joining us from Detroit, um, I believe, <laughs> get that right. And she is an incredible woman that works with women, high achieving women, which I know so many of you on the podcast are. And we, she has some incredible tools here today that she's going to help around imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and a t- term that she coined distractionism. So we're going to dive into this beautiful conversation today and see where it goes. You guys have heard her bio, you have heard her magic, and we're going to give her the space to share um, her wisdom today. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Danielle. And thank you to your listening audience. It's super exciting to be here. I am honored, thrilled, and really humbled to have this Amazing. conversation. I would love to know a little bit about, you know, I know that you work with a lot of high achieving women, and I know that that was, was your background as well. What led you into the work that you do now? And, and like a little bit about your childhood and your background to be able to have this incredible skill set to help um, with, I think, something that so many women deal with today based on 
I think the standards that we put on women, the patriarchy, um, and just what it is to be a modern woman in a state, we have so many expectations of ourselves, which is almost unfair because we have, you know, as a society, we have so much more equality for women, but then we also have this like high level of, um, you know, discipline or, or our belief systems that we have to achieve and being able to manage that. I, you know, this has been a conversation I've been having with some friends lately. It's like what it means to be a modern woman in these days. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about what you brought you to the work that you're doing today. Oh, such a good, such a good, juicy question. Such a good juice. And where to start on the timeline of 43 years mm-hmm. of really, a, of a, I would say a lifetime of work. I mean, we could go back almost every single year of my life and be like, oh yeah, well, there it is. And there it is. And there it showed up. And there's the essence of it. Um, I'll say just in terms of like childhood and background, um, a couple of like seeds that I think were planted early on for me. One, I am like so many of people in your listening audience. I was that smart kid who was very highly sensitive, mm-hmm. highly curious, um, very much um, a spirited kid, very um, embodied, I think, intuition and, and um, a real like love for life, love for nature. And, um, and I think in a lot of ways that was really fostered by my parents. My father is a very, um, avid lover of philosophy and leadership. And so I listened to a lot of stuff around like, um, seven habits as a kid, you know, I mean, I was like really kind of indoctrinated in that. And my mom was really my first coach. She was very focused on the vision of, you know, how I would be and how I would show up now. That and and that has very much, I think, been is a blend of Inspire Brand Consulting. It is the philosophy, the science behind mindset, behind changing beliefs around the the hardcore science of confidence and self worth mm-hmm. and all of those things. And it also is those um, emotionally and socially IQ sensitive experiences like how you show up and, you know, the essence of you. So very much, very much that. Also from childhood, speaking from that point, you know, I was, I was raised by two people (laughs) and I'm raising a person. Mm. And so, you know, there were, as you talked about this idea of social constructs, um, and dismantling them, you know, so that I, whether it was intended or not, I had a, I still am, cause I am a human being unraveling, um, the idea that I have to be perfect in order to be valued in order to show up. I have to, and part of that is because I, the way that I present in this world, while I'm high achieving, I also am dyslexic. I also now at 43, am understanding that I have ADHD that has been undiagnosed up until I was 43. So I was really challenged as well by some very neurobiological, physiological conditioning that nobody understood. I was born in 79. So I'm part of this whole cast of women who, you know, these symptoms were like mysterious wannabe ADHD things. And we can definitely talk about that, but that's sort of like the seed. But let me tell you some like adult things that happened that really catapulted me like in this specific career. So fast forward to my thirties, I had, um, 
the privilege of taking a sort of mini workshop course for a day taught by my alma mater where I got my um, master's degree at Georgetown. I also got my coaching certificate from Georgetown. And they were offering a class for four or five women um, that had gone through their program and it was Coach, it was coached by, it was a leadership development kind of career development class coached by a woman um, who, who was a coach, the top head coach. And I had never worked with a coach. Now, at this point in time, I had just LLC'd my business. This is nearly 10 years ago. I had just LLC'd Inspire Brand Consulting, knowing that it was going to be this, I had two years before created a passion project called Inspire Sunday Brunches. And I was talking to my network of girlfriends about personal development. And I was, I was like, um, this is sort of a platform for me to talk about it and, and, and teach what I was teaching at work as well. But it hadn't been something I was focusing on as a consulting business. Mm -hmm. But I had LLC because in the background, I was in my role. I was I had a very important title. I was doing very important work. I was very good at my work. I was very good at my job. And I was also feeling undervalued, under overworked, mm -hmm. undernurtured, overlooked, like my voice was being squelched. So I, this nexus of things was really happening. And I showed up to this class, you know, and here comes this coach. And she asked a very profound question. She said, do you talk to yourself as if you are your own best friend? And I can almost feel the blast of that question even now. I had two responses. One, well, the physical response was tears mm. that welled up. But I had two mental responses. One was, uh absolutely not. Mm. And that's a problem. Mm. And two, if I don't, and I, I already have this platform called Inspire Brain Consulting, where I am, you know, talking about personal development and imposter syndrome and these things, I know, I know a whole cast of people also don't. Mm -hmm. And I feel this real sense of responsibility to like, do something about that. And so I have literally been on a quest since that question to answer that question for myself mm -hmm. and for my clients. How do you become your own best friend? Because at the end of the day, at the beginning, middle, end of the day, you and I, we talk to ourselves all day long, 365 days out of the year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the things that we say to ourselves truly are the only things that matter. That's it. That's it. What we say to ourselves. And so we've got to shift the narrative in our mind from one that is, we're even unaware. We're so unaware of our beliefs, but one that is lacking, one that's limited around any subject, any subject that we don't have that we want, there's a belief that's blocking it. And how do we how do we reconcile that? And it is some serious inner work. It is serious, serious, serious. It's grappling with yourself. It's acknowledging where you have some really incongruent beliefs about your worth, about what you deserve, about your confidence, about who you are. And, and whoa, it can be, you know, very striking to the system. And yet on the other side of that, it is this release of like, I do really have personal power. So that's how mm -hmm. I, a little bit how I got here. Wow. What a beautiful 
story. And I think it's fascinating as well, because you did share that your in your upbringing, it sounded like you had very in in one way, very um, emotionally aware or, or like developmentally aware parents. And so knowing that you grew up with like the seven habits and kind of parents that were pushing you into that deeper self-awareness for yourself, how did you find that that shaped you? Because you had an insight, I, th I think, probably your background in that sense is a little bit more rare because I think a lot of people come into that, you know, personal development, spiritual growth, mental growth world, maybe 20s, 30s, sometimes even later in life, but you had that from a foundation. And so even though you had that, you still had that lack of, you know, a positive self-talk. And how did that, how do you think that stemmed, even though you had that strong foundation because i know i mean i'd love to talk about in a little bit you know you're a mother now and so how you're kind of parenting your child in a different way that you were brought up but what would you say was like the disparity between you knowing all these foundational things but then growing up and still not speaking to yourself with kindness such a such a profound question danielle like so 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 good and one that um that i think i have given thought to but i don't think quite in that direct way. So I'm really excited actually to see the synapses happen in my mind as well. Okay. So, um, how, how is it that a person grows up with tools like mm -hmm. very, um, scientifically based proven tools that work mm -hmm. best-selling tools, um, and still does not speak to themselves in the way that is kind and loving. Such a good point. So there's a there's I think a a a number of factors that come up for me that uh, that aren't necessarily organized so they're not in order of like hierarchy but a couple of things that absolutely come up. One is I was raised by people. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is um just as I'm raising a person while the tools are objectively there we are the subject. And so it is our internalization of those tools. And so while I knew, for instance, the words, um, just using seven habits as an example, uh, put first things first, I knew that as a term and as an idea, mm -hmm. as a goal, as a construct. And yet as a, as a being, my being, mm -hmm. One, now knowing, particularly with ADHD, that putting first things first, some of the impediments that neurologically I have to making decisions, setting goals, time blindness, like those kinds of things are actually very real. And they were super real as a child who didn't understand any of that. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm also raised by people who don't understand any of that. And they don't understand that for themselves. They don't understand that for me. And so there's a lot of like contextual things that really make it almost very vague. What do you mean first things first? Like what, what is, what is that? You know? So I'll say that part of, I think the miscue is that just like a doctor can very much know the anatomy and the science of the, of the biology of the body, and yet really have a hard time, maybe perhaps with the eating disorder, because there's something else that's there, you know, or even getting their own checkups or something about the integration of that mm. knowledge either hasn't clicked or hasn't come or they, they're in their own journey. So mm. part of that's there, there too, right? So it's like Absolutely. coming into my own of like, well, what does this mean for me? 
Now the mm-hmm. other piece is, and I can't deny this too. I have a, I, I, this is like, this is my expertise. I literally, if I bought a hundred books in a year, a hundred of them are focused on personal development, spirituality, shamanism. I go like way deep in the energy work, but it's all about this personal development. And I say that to say that the seed that was planted, I am a professional in this world. So it's like, it's like someone who got turned on to being um, a teacher or a physician or an attorney, like when they were six, and they're like, oh yeah, I knew I was going to do this forever. Yeah. I didn't have the term for it, but it has become like, it is the thing I am. So mm-hmm. it's in that way. Um, it's very much who, but, but then again, the discrepancy, there's also, I am my clients. So perfectionism, imposter syndrome and distractionism, which I want to, let me talk about the, uh, let me talk about just the whole idea and then maybe mm-hmm. break them apart. But, um, the idea is that these mindsets, um, these mindsets are ones that are, um, they, they come from their taught and they come from the experience that one has when they experience life. So, um, something happens, you know, like all throughout life, but let's say early childhood, something happens that, that trauma experience, whatever that was. Now it can be anything from, I'll use my own life. So I talked about how I was, I am dyslexic. And as a child, that was really a challenge. And so I remember, for instance, I was um, in a wedding party at probably about 11 and I had to read out loud. Now, what that meant was prior to this experience of having to stand up in front of my entire family and read, the anxiety that I felt you know, practicing the pressure that I felt from my, my, my mother, who was like, you have to do this right. Very perfectionistic, very, you know, so it's driving home this behavior. It doesn't matter about first things first, this behavior of show up perfect, show up perfect. You're valued. This is about you're showing up for people. You know, that is all perfectionistic tendencies. So there, here we have a both and right. Mm -hmm. Both, you know, being able to understand the relevance and the need and the, the practicality and the efficiency and effectiveness of first things first and all these tools. And also at the simultaneously very much being uh, bred and, and nurtured and and self-nurtured along this human shadowy path of perfectionism, Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. And then I stand up there and I have all these people and I'm almost stammering. I mean, the things that I felt, you know, the heart, the, I could even, I can feel it now, you know, it's just the shame. Oh my God, mm-hmm. the shame that a child feels, you know, and they, they're not smart. All the things I was telling myself, the things after, what are they saying? So, I mean, here, just one little microcosm of a moment that perfectionism was just way ingrained in those neural pathways of like, mm-hmm. this is your self-worth is just grinded out here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the same time, this 11 year old in this case is, you know, also hearing on the cassette tapes, first things first and da, 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 da. And then also, you know, um, having social constructs be very real in their, in their lives. And so now much of what I do for myself, uh, because I am my own best client, I, I, if I do not do the things that I literally teach, if I do not do them, if and when I do not do them, I am a castaway just like everyone else who is swept up in the mindset of fear. I am mm. no different. I'm no different. And I think that, that like that is the thing. It's like even if you have the knowledge, it's that integration of Absolutely. it. 
And so, you know, it's like, and it's a journey of that integration. Mm -hmm. So there's really that both and for me. And it's like that knowing versus embodiment, really, because it's like we can know something and it's like you grew up knowing that, but there's a very different experience of embodying it. And then also like there's a soul's journey, like that's obviously the journey that you had to go on to be to where you are now. Right. Because if you didn't have those experiences, you wouldn't be able to do, you know, your soul's purpose. It's like ditto, ditto, ditto. Yeah. I, I mean, amen, sister, like all of it, like ex- exactly. Yeah. And then wrapped up in my soul's purpose. Exactly. I yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> On the same vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, like, I get it. <laughs> so harmonizing. Exactly. I, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's like, it's beautiful, you know, and I'm sure in your work as well, when you start to help clients see those you know, the little T, big T traumas of their past, the things that have gone on, the imprints that were made, when we start to do the healing around that and then transmute that and learn the lessons, it's what leads to our soul's purpose. And that's like the beauty of, you know, what it is to be a human being in this world at this time with this knowledge and this awareness, because we get to, you know, really use all of those things that we've gone through for for a deeper meaning. But I think it's so fascinating because I can imagine even as yourself now, as a human that has all this awareness, you're almost, uh, well, what is it like for you as a mother going through this on the other side where you have all of these tools, then you have this little being who, you know, as human beings, we just do the best that we can with what we got. But then she has to go through her soul's journey and like, you don't want to imprint all of your stuff from your childhood on it. How has that been in, in this journey? Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely a situation for sure. Um, and it is something that I'm really, really committed to. Uh, and thank you actually, again, for, for another super insightful question. One of the things that I, as a, as a soul, am very committed to is this idea of intergenerational healing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, on, on multiple levels for, for, I think people in general, like I'm meant to be a conduit of that and definitely a conduit of that for, for my family. in so, so many ways. And that's not to say, well, sometimes I feel like I have to say when I say something like that, it's like, not to say I don't come from love, like, but Mm. I come from human beings, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot to heal Mm -hmm. (laughs) in our human journey. So it's not to disqualify the, you know, my ancestry in any means, it is to say that these micro, um, which many of them, many, many of them are micro, um, micro beliefs, you know, like, um, I know I can, I can unravel with my awareness, like, oh, that belief, I, I didn't see that happen, but I can trace back to like the shame that was felt back there, like mm. two, three generations ago, just from like the stories or the sense that I feel. And so it's like unraveling that and trying to my, my very best to, um, one, be aware of how I'm showing up with my child mm. in tone and manner. And it's really, as you can even see, I'm like trying to be like, I'm even slowing my pace, my tone. Like it takes a lot of de-escalation mm. of self, like coming down because she's, she just turned five last week. So she's amped from the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes to bed. Mm. And that can be, as any parent knows, like, you know, 
a lot to the nervous system to like try to manage and move through and like get out the door and all these kinds of things and not squash her personality. And, you know, also like I have to repeat her name 25 times. I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll try to not be frustrated and like I'm not do for her. And so it's a lot yeah. of like trying to like, my hands are even up. If you, if you don't see this part of the video, like, <laughs> like just try to like yeah. kind of coax her away. So just being very, very mindful of me and am I gentle mm-hmm. in this moment? And then um, I have also learned to apologize. I think that's a big thing for, mm-hmm. I don't know if all parents do this, but I really do, you know, apologize to my daughter when I know that my tone has been too sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it wasn't necessary. You know, I also know as a parent, like a lot of things I say no to are out of inconvenience for me. Mm-hmm. No, do not put the styrofoam everywhere because last time it took me five hours to clean it up, <laughs> yeah. you know, but that squelches our creativity. It's like finding yeah. this balance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like trying to be direct and also not trying to like overreach her emotions. She's a sentient, sensitive being. Mm-hmm. And so trying to like apologize when I'm sharp with her. Now I had a friend question me about that. Oh, you apologize to your daughter. And I was like, yeah, I I do. Um, One, my therapist said it was a good idea because (laughs) you're teaching her how to apologize. And that's part of human dynamic. And two, just last night, Danielle, I was putting my daughter to bed and she said something sharp. Like, I mean, it wasn't like so totally rude, but it was one of those. I was like, Oh, Wow. And she thought about it for a second and she said, I'm sorry, mommy, that I was sharp in my tone. Mm. Wow. I was like, wow, wow. you know, like yeah. she can just really catch the moment. And and, yeah. it, and it didn't. Now, I also didn't go through the whole emotions of, oh, she's, she's super hurting me. But, you know, she felt that it was sharp and I mm-hmm. knew it was sharp too. And if I had been in a different place or a different person or a different child, different relationship, you know, that tone that she had could have really been quite vicious to somebody and, and she heard it and she she has a sensitivity and I have to own that my sensitivity and my awareness has helped mold that for her mm. I think so I think that some of the ways that I've tried to be conscious um it can be difficult too because I am aware and I have a tendency to be a perfectionist. And so what that means is perfectionism by definition is essentially the belief that you're not enough. You're not, you're not, Mm. you're not doing enough. And so there, there can be, I remember one morning during a meditation, I was right at the point, my alarm was about to go off to like transition to go make breakfast for her. And I was, I think we had had maybe a little tense evening the night before. And I was feeling the feeling of like, okay, you know, where are you sort of mommy within this? And where is she within this? And how do you want to approach this? And I started thinking about like this time and that, and now I will say I am, I am like a very, I think, wonderfully loving, gentle, proactive parent. And there have been some moments that I would like to erase. And so my mind went to some of these moments and they are like the vast majority, vast majority. And even in the scope of them, they are like little tiny T traumas for me as a parent, at least mm-hmm. instilling them, like from what I know, some other, you know, mm-hmm. other larger in, in capital T traumas can be are. And yet I get, I'm fixating on them. And I say to myself, Ryan, what if you believed you are a compassionate, loving mother? 
Mm-hmm. What would that do for you in this moment? I can, oh, I can feel it. What would that mm-hmm. do for you in this moment? And it just provided such grace mm-hmm. for me. And this is the work, right? This is literally the like work. the inner work, right? Like the grace, like stop focusing on like the one, two times that you, you know, were harsh and you had a tone. Like think about just yesterday, what you did and all the things, just allow that to be true for you in this moment. And it just mm-hmm. provided such grace and such like affirmation that I'm a good person Mm. that I was able to go into her room and like be that compassionate loving person and it bled absolutely through my energy to her and it wasn't I'm not a victim I'm not you know but it was this point of power and Mm. it was very 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 helpful yeah so very Mm. trying to be mindful trying to backtrack trying to correct trying to transmute trying to Mm. be mindful um and provide grace for myself mm-hmm. at the same time. One thing I will say that it has also done um along the healing journey which is is something to reconcile. It does bring up for me some of I think the choices maybe that my family made that I I I really do want to correct that I might feel like judgment around that I am correcting. Um and I would like I like I like to stand in that. You know like for instance, um, um, I really want my daughter to have space to like be herself. And I don't know. I don't know. I do know that in my, in my home, you know, while I had lots of, lots of space that lots of people did not have emotional space, wasn't necessarily something that I was like granted, mm-hmm. um, or, or like nurtured or, 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 yeah, nurtured, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of like left alone yeah. emotionally. And so, so, um, and so I want to, I want to change that. Well, I, I have two loving parents, two loving grandparents and a, a whole host of other grandparents that are here who don't necessarily agree with the things that I'm always doing. Mm. And I have learned through my own self-development, through coaching, through, um, meaning my own coach and through therapy mm. boundaries, boundaries are a good thing. This is what I'm doing. This mm. is how I'm showing up as a parent. I'm feeling secure in this. These are my decisions. And Mm. I don't necessarily even agree with the decisions that you made. So Mm. I'm standing in my own. And that has also been very um, empowering and affirming as a mom Mm. in this work is that I am believing in myself as a mother. Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that story. I know that I have a lot of women that have children that listen. So even as myself, I don't have children yet, but I feel like hearing even your perspective, because, you know, there's even when you have this level of self-awareness and you're willing to do the work on yourself, I feel like we have this expectation that we're just wanting to be the best, you know, that perfectionism comes in, or you're just wanting to like be the best parent ever. And I, I know that this is something that I will face in the future. Um, and, but at the same time, again, it's back to the soul's journey. Like you, that little being came in with their own level of experiences and commitments that they are there to experience. And we, as humans, as women, we can just do the best that we can with what we got. And I think that the piece about giving yourself grace in motherhood but in life is such an integral reminder for every single woman out there because i don't think that we give ourselves enough grace i think that we're so freaking hard on ourselves i think that we beat ourselves up way too much and it's from a beautiful place i think of again that high achieving wanting to do the best and be the best but bringing in that grace is such 
like bring such loving kindness and even just the emotion that that brought up in you it's almost a sigh of relief this ability to soften this ability to be like you know what i'm enough in this moment and i know you have um three pieces that you work really deeply on with your clients that i wanted to speak on um imposter syndrome perfectionism and distractionism and and perfectionism is one of those pieces i'd love for you to expand on those because i think that the listeners will really love what you have to share yeah, absolutely. And Danielle, I, I just know that your listening audience, I know that your clients, whoever you work with, your future children, they I, are so blessed by knowing you. I know that I just feel oh, that in my soul. And I've known you for 35 minutes <laughs> because of because of that, of what you just want, many of the things that you've said, but one of the things that you just said, I think is just, is so key is, is this piece around the integration, you know, and how difficult that can be and how hard we are on ourselves mm. and how, um, yes, so much of our belief systems are fostered, nurtured, the web is um, webbed, nest is like built when we are in our childhood. Mm. And, 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 and all that is absolutely true. And so much of that is what is so, um, what's so almost baffling to me about that on two kind of primary levels is one as an adult thinking about me trying to translate lessons to my daughter I'm a human being who has my limited you know sense of vocabulary and I'm trying to explain things to a child who has up until now only five years worth of context Mm -hmm. almost nothing you know Mm -hmm. and before today it was four years and three years and and all along she's been developing her whole concept and I'm going to get, and this is leading absolutely into those three mindsets. So, Mm -hmm. so the idea here is that she is taking what I'm saying and she's creating her truths based on what she knows. And based on what she thinks I'm saying, based on a tone, Mm -hmm. I may or may not be saying it. So there's so much static that Mm -hmm. is happens as we are creating our beliefs. However, what does happen is we live our lives based on these beliefs and we don't even know that they are there. They are Mm. just part of who we are, how we show up. And as high achievers in the work that I do, I see these three mindsets over and over and over again. It's almost like a trifecta effect, like they're triplets or very close cousins of like Mm. their mothers were triplets or something yeah. Like, that. Yeah, yeah. like like double first cousins or like mothers and fathers were all triplets and everybody yeah. married and had all these kids that are like almost the same same like dna print to them so so we 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 now as adults we have these beliefs about what we can and cannot should and should not do and they play out in our everyday lives because we have these dreams, these callings, these ambitions, these goals that we want to achieve. And it's like, why can't I make myself do these things that I say and technically know I want to do? Again, these mindsets are sticky traps. I call them confidence killers. And I Mm. also use the term confidence gap, that they create these gaps in our confidence. I have this thing I want, and yet I don't know if I can actually do it. It's not, do Mm -hmm. I not think I necessarily, if I like literally sat down with a lot, like linearly and said, do I have enough? I would probably be able to answer like nine out of 10. I've got enough of whatever technically, but Mm -hmm. the emotion isn't there. The belief isn't there. 
So these ideas, you know, the mindsets. So imposter syndrome as a mindset is basically this idea that no matter what a person's resume, experience, expertise may be, the level of it, there is a deep-seated belief that they're going to get caught not knowing something. Every somebody's going to know that I really mm-hmm. don't belong here. I'm not supposed to be here. I've got to put on this mask. I've got to hide who I am. Now, part of that is, and this is where perfectionism, it oozes into perfectionism. I've got to show up so perfect so that no one ever calls my bluff that I'm not supposed to be here. This person really mm-hmm. wants to hide their light. They're the person who's like, you know, the CEO who's talking about, I don't want to go to the award because I don't want to be seen. And it's like, Mm. but you are, you know, but to them, they're like, yes, but I got here because I, you know, was smart. There was no one to take the place or they, Mm. I was next in line or, you know, but it's not, yep, I own it. Okay. So perfectionism is, is a twin, a cousin who has this pervasive idea of I am not ready until Mm. I am perfect, until it's perfect, until everything is done perfectly. And there's this other piece. I'm also not perfect. So I'm also shaming myself because I can't do the things perfectly that I want to do. And in order for me to do them, they've got to be perfect. So I'm in this, this is the hamster wheel. The other person's hiding. This is the hamster wheel. This is the, I'm getting ready to get ready. I'm getting ready to get ready. I'm getting ready to get ready, you know, and I can't ever seem to get ready. And there's a lot of shame is all written all over there. There's a lot of shame here because there's shame of like, how come I can't make myself do mm. because it's it's not ready yet. And so there's a real push pull there. Now, distractionism, <laughs> distractionism makes me chuckle because it's a term that I coined. Again, I say all the time, I am my own, be- I am my own best client. This trifecta effect is the nemesis of my confidence gap. <laughs> so I saw over and over again in my own life, this idea of being distracted, distracted, distracted as an adult. And I saw this over and over and over again with these high achieving women who had all these goals and they were so clear about them, but they just couldn't seem to like get it done. There's this perfectionism was really like a, a really strong shadow over this, like a very sticky, like deep, deep, deep well, almost like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome in terms of my own maturation. Imposter syndrome was the very first thing I talked about nine years ago. And then I talked a long time about perfectionism. That was mm. like a deep, 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 deep journey for me. And that's really the mindset for me that gets I that hamster wheel. Oof. That's like, that is, that's sticky, sticky, stickiness for me. And then there's this underbelly that I have discovered and I called it distractionism because it seemed like perfectionism would kick in and then we'd get distracted, get distracted. I'd do these other things. I'd do these other things. And I can't seem to, I'm like held kind of lost on my journey. Well, this, we can certainly talk about this too, how I even got here, but distractionism from what I now understand at 43, just this past October, I was diagnosed with ADHD, mm. attention deficit, hyperactive disorder, non-attentive type, which many, many, many gifted high achieving women have. It's gone underdiagnosed for so many, particularly women in my age bracket and older, Um And what that means is I have a nervous system. And what's also interesting is I, in my work prior to ADHD diagnosis, I talk about the nervous system, Mm. a lot about the nervous system. And so it doesn't surprise me again in my soul's journey that my nervous system is literally the thing that is the distinguishing factor for, for me. 
So my nervous system is one that is hypersensitive. It is one that has a challenging time um, in with linear fashion. So first things first, eludes me almost. I mean, I understand it mm-hmm. like conceptually, I could write a book about it and I can profoundly teach on it. And then the difficulty, again, that integration piece of like, first things first, but I also have time blindness and I really don't even honestly know how long things take. I didn't even know this was a vocabulary word, time blindness, mm-hmm. with the depth of work I've done until October. I didn't even know that was a, a, a distinction, a thing that a symptom. That's just one of the many emotional regulation being a rejection. So rejection and perfectionism. How does one stand in their light if they have a serious uh, neurological sensitivity to being rejected? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got to really do some belief work here. That's major belief work. We've got to override someone's nervous system. We've got to have such strong beliefs that you person, me in this case, you are so divinely, perfectly designed to do what you're meant to do, not to focus on anything else, no comparison, stay in the zone, stay, get in it, work in the zone only, manifest here only. And I mean, that takes serious focus and work. And, uh, and so distractionism, ADHD, it gets, you know, this trifecta effect, again, not everybody I work with has that ADHD piece. I would say that's like the deeper, that's like the, the, um, just sort of the deepest, Mm. it's not even a mindset. It's a neurological thing, uh, issue, um, or condition. And so, but those three, those three pieces, um, are, are who and what I, I work with and work on and what I also work through for myself. Oh my gosh, you guys got in on DK Play. This is it. DK Play for March, the secret word of the month. If you have no idea what this is, you're going to want to play along because there is a secret word revealed every month in one of the podcasts. And when you send me a message, you go in the draw to win a prize. For a little bit of context, the person that won last month picked a mystery prize and got a gift certificate to a restaurant in her city. Like, guys, you have literally nothing to lose. Like, why wouldn't you play along? And you're already listening, so why not send me a message? So the word this month is four letters, okay? It is four letters. And it's a word that you use when you say something is belonging to something. So I would say, that's mine. Um, This is mine. And where is, this is my dog. Where is blank dog? four letters. Um, This is my apple. Where is blank apple? (laughs) This is my home. Where is blank home? Four letters. What do you think it is? If you figure it out, it's not too hard. Send me a message with every single one of these words. They are going to make a quote. And when you submit it by the end of the year in December, you guys will go in to win a all of you will get a secret offer. All of you that figure out and unscramble the quote. This is so fun. I'm loving this. I don't know about you guys, but I'm loving this. So make sure you send me what it is. Literally jump on Instagram right now and you're like, it's not that hard. Like, I feel like you guys can go, you you get this. Um, Send me a message and you will go in the draw and I will pull at the end of the month. And now let's get back to the episode. 
love that. And I love your description of distractionism because it's so true. Like I, in my mind, I think of like the goldfish mindset or, you know, squirrel mindset. It's like, you're just, you're, you're here and then you're there and then you're all over the place. And it it sounds to me similar to, uh, you know, especially the three together, it perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and um, distractionism. It's almost like, um, a level of upper limiting of like really like stopping yourself from especially with high achieving people right because it's you actually know that you have the capacity to do the thing but it's the belief system and the deep-seated unworthiness that makes you not actually want to get there because you don't know how you can hold something that's so good Danielle, again, they're so blessed. They're so blessed. <laughs> upper limit. Exactly. Yeah. It's such an upper limit mm. issue. It really is. And and that is a book that I pull out is, is The Big Leap. Such I mean, that book. is such a good book. It is such a good book. And it is one I pull out really around this idea of, you know, what is blocking someone from taking that next step. Mm-hmm. And you know, categorically in terms of mindset, they're perfectionism, imposterism, distractionism. And then when you peel back those layers and you're talking about like, what's the underbelly, what's the glue of those beliefs, unworthiness. And then the way that Gay Hendricks breaks that down between like those various stories of, um, I wish I had the text right in front of me, but like the various stories about like, um, you know, the child who is comparison to their other, their sibling or like mm-hmm. the loss of one sibling gave the opportunity to another sibling. You know, those are like life contexts you talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Like how did, how did you get to be a perfectionist and a person who knows this information? You know, mm-hmm. here it was this maybe concert pianist in that home, but also had this hole in their heart because they're a concert pianist because of the loss of their brother, that Mm -hmm. upper limit. Can they go to the next level? And I mean, so it's this idea of like, we're very complicated, complex Mm -hmm. beings and this belief they're like, they're, it is the goldfish. It is the hamster. I mean, it's all the things it's like, you don't even see the water and Mm -hmm. yet we're in it. Um, that upper Mm -hmm. limit. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. I see this for like my clients a lot where, I think um, people use the, I actually don't necessarily believe in procrastination myself because I think a lot of people say, oh, I need to solve procrastination. I just need, and so we think of like, okay, I'm going to not distract. I'm going to put my phone away and I'm not going to turn on social media. And like, yes, the surface level things are are helpful, but it's it really is a deeper level belief. It was like, well, actually, why are you procrastinating, right? Why are you pushing that task away? Is it misalignment? Is there a belief that you don't think that you can do it? is it something you're actually deeply afraid of facing right um and so you know i think it, going into that as well because the, that distractionism i think is so common and distractionism manifesting through procrastination right Be, and we use that excuse now because we're faced with the social media world that is literally made to stimulate us and distract us and keep us glued into something um and so i i hear my clients and be like oh i just need to be better with my i need to be better with my social media media or I just need to, you know, uh, not procrastinate, keep procrastinating. And then you make yourself feel bad for procrastinating, but there is a deeper, deeper level to all of that, which I think comes back to like a common theme that we obviously both um, are rooted in. It's like, okay, well, where is their self-worth? Where is their belief things or self-worth or self-confidence that you need to move through? Because I think everything is, there's like the topsoil and then there's the core. 
and when we yeah we can band-aid it as much as we want but it, you can only band it you can't really band-aid a cauterized wounds like if blood is pouring out it's going to pour out you need to get to the core of it and that's why i find that just the conversations that we're having in the deeper root of that is so powerful for people to bring to their awareness because i think that the common theme of conversation that we see nowadays is focusing on the wrong thing to to solve the problem but you know what you're speaking about is so powerful and profound and i think those three in and of itself are such a great trifecta ultimately to help you get to that to break through that upper limit to get to where you're wanting to be in life um and also it's a it's a again the soul's journey it's also fun in a level to continue to expand yourself into who you that you at some level believe that you can be right and so it's like the challenge that we choose as a soul to be able to break through these different levels in our life to access that who we can be at a, at a um, deeper level what would you say um how have has and how has this manifested in your clients lives by doing the work on this trifecta and what results has it given them yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to totally get to that. I just want to really echo this idea of, pro of procrastination. Mm. I would love just again to like even rewind and hear that again because I, I echo everything that you said. Mm. Um, so much, so much juiciness there. Another piece that I echo um, that you talked about is how fun it is um, to be on this journey because one of the things that I have been grappling with, particularly on this healing journey of ADHD, because in order to get to the diagnosis, I had to get pretty unraveled mm. um, to get there. And so now I'm healing from the unraveled and like retrospect of like putting pieces together. And I had asked for the unraveling. Mm -hmm. I had asked for this because I am on a spiritual mm -hmm. journey. I yeah, like, right? I like, I like, I like the last couple of days, it's kind of a cosmic joke. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You asked for this. Like, I mean, this is clearing the way for you. Totally. This is clearing the way for your Yeah, tribe. what do you think? Like, you, do you just like skip, hop, and jump there? Like, no, I see it's, there has to be a like, challenge. Exactly. <laughs> like, here it is. Here it is. So that, I just really wanted to pick up on those two things. Um, okay. So, Absolutely. So how has this manifested for my clients? Well, a couple of things. Um, one, I, I echo actually just kind of using this, using that idea of procrastination as a um, way to talk about maybe specific, some specific client work. Um, echo what Danielle said about procrastination. And I'm going to hold on to that for a second, because the idea of what I do with people is I help them shift these beliefs. Mm. And they show up in ways that Danielle just said, I can't seem to make myself do mm -hmm. blank. I can't, I've, I, I, I want to raise my, you know, these things. And they also now are in quotes. I should be able to, Yes. I should be able to raise my hand. I should be able to say, I should be able to set goals. I should be able to, you know, have my voice be heard. I should be able to um, do the spreadsheet. I should be able to not procrastinate. I should be, I should, I should, I should. So what's so before even getting what's, what's happening, there's all of this, I'm, I'm, sh I'm shitting on myself and the person is smart. They've got a title, they've got a paycheck, they've got a business, they've got a whatever. So there's like this very large misalignment between, mm. you know, what they believe they can do and what they are doing, what they really core believe that they can do, but there's not really the understanding that it's a belief mm. that's misaligned. It's like my actions are misaligned. Mm. And so it's not about... Um, 
and, and a coach can give you a consultant can give you a whole list of 10 tactics to do, you know, like Danielle said, put the phone away, um, get a glass of water, make sure you have your pencil, you know, all the things that you can do to like shut out the distraction. And then you put your hands on the keyboard and you're like, the whole voice of like, <laughs> I'm not an entrepreneur because I don't have a family who came from entrepreneurs. Yeah. And yeah. Just shut the computer down. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to like look at social media for a second because that's an unconscious dopamine rush. Yeah. And you just, you've closed the computer. And so what are my clients able to do? What are they yeah. able to do? They're able to, through the process, I teach eight fundamental steps, eight fundamental steps. They're, they're really tools to help unwind those moments where a person is, they've shut up, they've done all that. I've shut everything down. I'm so, I'm, I have an intention. I'm sitting in front of my keyboard. I'm going to send out this email. Normally I would close it. I now can sit in front of the keyboard and I can hear that thought come up that says, I'm not enough. You don't know what you're talking about. You've never done this before. What are they going to say? This is terrible. The blood pressure is rising. And before all of that went on, I mean, noticed in that they felt it mm. and they, and at those moments they shamed themselves. They said, mm -hmm. you shouldn't feel this way. This is bad. You, you, you should be able to do, you should, as they closed the computer and went to social media, you shouldn't be doing this. You should know shaming, 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 shaming. Now they can sit in front of the computer and they can feel that blood pressure rising. They can hear that voice and they can start using their techniques. They can breathe. First of all, they can say to themselves, this is not true. <laughs> this is not true. Not true. Is it true? What is true? What is true is I do know what I'm doing. What is true is that this is an alignment. They can sense into themselves. They could even say, you know what? This is not good for me right now. I'm going to close the computer because mm -hmm. I am at least aware that what I am feeling is something I need to take care of. I need to address mm -hmm. this. I, this is not good for me. You know, maybe I need to come back to this in a minute. Maybe I need to, but they now have a level of self-awareness and tools to help them navigate these everyday small T trauma situations that when I say, when I, Danielle, I know that you, cause you use the term small and little T. Mm -hmm. So just to mean that like these small moments on in everyday life that cause the nervous system to respond in a small T trauma way, which means mm -hmm. all of the, this, the whole system, the stress response is on and we live so much of our lives this way, you know, as, um, I was going to give my own example, but an example from a, a client, um, so, uh, okay. So in very real time, a client said, oh, this is a, a very, very, very good example a client who I'd been working with for, you know, a good number of months, really integrating the work, talked about how she was, she's an attorney. She was in a consultative conversation um, where she was the lead expert and she gave accurate information. She said like in, in the sharing of the story, she said she gave accurate information, but there was something about it. There was like some feedback that she was given. Mm -hmm. And so in receiving the feedback, she had a very clear awareness that prior to using these tools, the feedback would have energetically 
pummeled her. Mm. I mean, she would have melted. She would have, what are they going to say? What is this going to be? What does this mean about my advancement? What does this mean about me as a person? Who am I? What is my worth, my confidence? I mean, it would have taken her days and it was feedback. It wasn't that she had, you know, like even done anything wrong, but this level of feedback of just critique would have really, you know, she would, it would have not sat well with her. And so she was able to, in real time, take the feedback in, Mm-hmm. But feel the wave of what it even would have felt like before, because mm-hmm. that wave still came through. She's a human being. And in not attaching to the her self-worth to this feedback, mm-hmm. she was able to take the feedback and say, yes, I can see how I can grow from this experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can see how this can be integrated into my benefit versus to my detriment, or I can see how I can grow from this experience versus having a fixed mindset that says, because I'm called out for not knowing, because I'm seen for not knowing, because I get feedback, I'm translating that information and that data in this way, because Mm. I'm filtering it through imposter syndrome mindset, perfectionism mindset, and my, if it's ADHD, my emotions, do I have the tools to regulate my emotions in what my nervous system is perceiving is rejection? Do I have the mental hygiene right now to deal with life? Mm. My clients are able to say, I have greater tools, greater mental hygiene to deal with everyday high achieving people's lives. Mm. I love that word mental hygiene. And you should use that. That's a beautiful way of putting it. And I think sometimes, you know, the transformation that you're sharing with your client, it's so fascinating because this work is in many ways is intangible. It's like not that we can say like, look, maybe, yeah, sometimes it, it comes out as people attract more money or they relationships or their body or health. But in so many ways, it's like we can't put a number on it, right? Like it's such an intangible thing, but it's also the most powerful transformations that you can have in your life. Because if you have the capacity to deal with your emotions in any situation, you basically are mastering life in a in a much deeper level, you know, and, and mastery is at many levels. And as we continue to kind of play that in the game of life, but it's, it, it is such a powerful tool that, um, I think is only starting to become a lot more popular in the, you know, personal spiritual development field as this, you know, between social media and podcasts, like the light side of it is that we are having more conversations about mental hygiene and emotional wellness and emotional regulation and taking care of our nervous system. And it's such a important tool as, as I know that you um, can validate as well. And I've just absolutely loved this conversation with you today. And I know I'm, we could probably talk for another five hours, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> with everything that we share today, is there any mm-hmm. last um, pieces that you're wanting to leave the audience? Well, you know, I think I absolutely agree with you, Danielle, that it is, it's super intangible. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that it's like, how do you qualify or quantify? How do you quantify yeah. How do you quantify qualities like, um, you know, getting feedback and not melting? How yeah. do you put a price on that? You know, and I, I, I want to leave it here because what I, what, without having given the, I think story that I gave, giving this story would have been like, what, you know, but now it feels like, oh, there's like context for that. 
So I have another client, just very quickly, another client who had a, as we do, she had this vision of moving to another state with her family. And lo and behold, through divine LinkedIn, whatever it was, she saw this job opportunity that was like next level for her. It was director of this whole organization and it was in the place she wanted to live. And it felt like, go for it. But all of the flood of everything that my client that I just talked about came on to like the imposter syndrome, perfectionism, all of the distraction, all the voices came, 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 came. And so we we were coaching during this time and we really grappled through what is it that you want? What are you looking for? What are the voices saying? How do you overcome this? She used her tools and she went for the job, got the job and then did a testimony for me and said something. And the question was like uh, the video testimony, you know, um, what, what's, what's the cost benefit or what's the benefit? And she said, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars more. Was it worth it? Heck yeah. <laughs> it was one of those reviews. Like, wow. Wow. <laughs> Quantifiable. Yeah. Right. What it means to not lose your nerve yeah. in the midst of your calling. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it, those things are really hard to quantify because mm-hmm. it is in the moment. And then in the aggregate, it's like, oh, right. Mm. I I am creating the life and the ec- economics and the whatever that are reflective of those things. Mm. Um, so it's about that big number. That's fun to say. Um, but it's about those small moments that lead up to, you know, the, the feelings that we have every day. Absolutely. And I think it's an accumulation of being able to practice and use that um, muscle of self-awareness, that muscle of personal mental regulation, that muscle of vulnerability and truth and realizing even though we have all the external triggers that can come up sometimes at a deep level, we are deeply and inherently worthy as a being and we need to remember that. And I think, you know, as I'm sure you can um, relate, you know, I believe that bringing in kind of that spiritual soul's perspective, whatever your belief is in something higher, it's just a another layer of grounding that in because we didn't come down here god universe creator was like you're worthy you're not worthy you're worthy it's like we all are ultimately worthy and i think that we're all on the journey of our own reclamation to find that inherently and um the work that you do is so important and it just makes me so grateful to be able to meet incredible humans such as yourself around the world with similar mindsets and beliefs and i think you know the light work that we're all doing is is really making this planet a better place because if we have the capacity to deal with these things i think like just the advancement of society in and of itself is going to be like increased rapidly and it'll be i think you know i heard um Oh my gosh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he was sharing that he believes that by 2050, that mental health won't even be a conversation because the growth of human consciousness and the work that we've been doing on mental health and self-awareness and well-being has gone come so far that we don't even need that conversation anymore, which is kind of mind-blowing to think in 2023. But I think it's because like little souls around the world, like yourself and myself and all the others, millions of others that are, are doing this work. So thank you for for what you do and thank you for being here today um for people that are wanting to find you or work with you or learn from you how can they um do that thank you danielle and thank you for that inspiration of optimism i i'm really tucking that away i love i love that um that idea that vision of mental health not even being a conversation right? 
That's fascinating. I mean, it's really where we need to be. Um, Yes. So I have one, two ways that um, people can very quickly um, get information and start interacting really quickly with me. One, I have a free quiz and that quiz can be found at my website, which is www.inspirebrandconsulting.com. And there's a button that says free quiz. What that quiz is going to do, it's seven questions or so, is it's going to give you um, a video and a document report that gives you some insight on one of those three mindsets, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, or distractionism, that may be sort of that sticky trap for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I offer is if after this conversation, you know, you had that welling of your eyes and you were like, oh my gosh, she's like read me. I know that I at least have got to like get in touch with this lady. She yeah. sees me. Yeah. Like yeah. what's happening? And I have had those moments. I know those moments. I offer a complimentary, uh, 45 minute discovery call where we will talk about you know, where a person is, where you are, where you want to be and how coaching support with me can be helpful. That can also be found on my website, www.inspirebrandconsulting.com. And that would be book a discovery call. That's Amazing. a free call there. We'll put um, her links in the show notes. And thank you again, Ryan, for being here. It's a thank pleasure you. to meet you. Um, and everyone listening, thank you for listening as well. And I hope you all have a beautiful day.